Welcome to the bright side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Joel Hunter, MD. That's Dr. Joel Hunter. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm here with my dad, whose name is also. That was, I was going to. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be a good. I can't. I can't take the cues. <laughs> His name. I, I'm. I'm also Joel Hunter. Uh, I'm trying to think of all my doctorate uh, initials. You got like D Men. I got D Max. Yeah, D Men. Uh, Doctor Humane Letters. D D. Uh, anyhow, got. I got. Several. That's a lot of doctorates. Yeah, there's a DDS in there. I think also doing some <laughs> dentistry. That's uh, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you remember when uh, when we had a dentist? Uh, not just me, but the whole family. <laughs> I know without going into too much detail, went to a, a an old country dentist. Yeah. Uh, I think mostly worked with roosters. And uh, as far as I know, they don't have a lot of teeth. And uh, every every time we got a sterling report, they were like, is. <laughs> He'd be like, "Your they look better than a hen in a hen basket." And uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, Tom's and, right on it. And then later we went to a dentist uh, in the city, and uh, he's like, "You got like eleven cavities." I know. <laughs> you're, Did you know? Has your mouth been hurting? Your, your teeth have more like holes than actual tooth part. And uh, then we realized that's when you, have, you can't pick your dentist that way. Yeah. Um, so today's topic is not dentistry, despite what you may think as you're tuning in here. And we're talking mostly about dental hygiene. Uh, today's topic uh, is humor. The idea of humor and laughing. How important it is, especially if you work in either depressing circumstances or with very challenged people. You know, I, I work with a lot of poor people and and I'm startled, and a lot of people, you know, have I've walked through some of the roughest times with families, being in, uh, a pastor for 47 years, and and I was su- always surprised um, that people, even in you know dealing with a terminal illness or or kind of s- cycles of poverty or, or or whatever the challenge was, they all had this great sense of humor. And I thought, this is just, these are just heroes. And then I realized it's how they kept going. It's, it, there, is a, there is a resilience in humor uh, that not only puts everything in perspective, but it literally has an effect on us that um, makes us, it gives us more energy, uh, more um, persistence and perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... With a lot of people, you think, well, their, their problems must not be that bad because they're they're still laughing. No, they're still laughing because their problems are that bad. Yeah, and I mean, really, atheist or Christian alike, um, and there are other religions also. There's many of them, <laughs> but uh, you know, belief in God or, or not, uh, everyone can agree to acknowledge the scientific fact that there's uh, a coping mechanism found in humor uh, that makes situations that would otherwise be unbearable more bearable. It's, it's, it's built in there. And for most of the stuff that guides our behavior and our physiology, there is a reason that it was there because it was, it was evolutionarily uh, advantageous. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, I mean, I guess it leads me to believe at some point, some caveman got chased by, I don't know, a saber-toothed tiger and was like, ah 
<laughs> that's right. And they're like, who is that hog? <laughs> He's brave. <laughs> oh, dead now. Uh, so it wasn't with hog, but someone later in in a safer situation that's maybe right. made a funny joke at the campfire or something like that. And then it and then it passed on from there. Um, yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen that in hospitals too. And it's amazing how I mean it, any. Um, depressing situation or mundane situation, uh, it's almost it's almost like it's it's more funny because it's built into us to find humor in those yeah. in those situations. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone's been in some meeting or something where you can't laugh and it's impossible not to laugh. I, I mean, it just makes it twenty <laughs> times funnier. Um, I uh, I remember uh, one time I was sitting I was sitting next to we had these really boring uh, grand rounds every Thursday and you had to sit there. <clears throat> from eight o'clock until noon, which doesn't sound that bad, except that half the time you'd been up in the hospital the entire night before. And so, but you had to sit through these droning lectures, but they're by like the chairman of the program or somebody that's a prestigious speaker, but it's not in ophthalmology. There's not, they're not, you know, it's not like a million residents. It's you and like 12 other people. And so, but you had to, you had to keep a straight face uh, or stay awake or, or whatever you could, but it was so hard not to, to laugh. And I sat next to my buddy, he's he's a guy. First guy I met in med school was my best friend all through med school, all through residency. We ended up going to the same residency program. <clears throat> John Branch, who's now an ophthalmologist in Texas, and uh, you know sometimes just to stay awake, you'd pass notes just in the boredom. Uh, and so I wrote him a, a note about you know this. I've got this patient at the VA. You know, looks like uh, he may need an anterior vitrectomy, but I'm trying to figure out a posterior and anterior approach. You know, the vitreous is. Uh, stable currently, but I can tell there's a wound leaky, sidel negative. You know, what do you think you would do? And I write out this whole long note, and you know, I, I'm it's it's very medical sounding. And I pass it to him, and he reads it, and then he like writes a response, uh, and then I he passes it back, and he he just had written, "I likes to ride bikes." <laughs> that was his entire. That was all he had written, and I mean, I I had to leave. I had to leave the room. I couldn't. I had to pretend I had a coughing fit because I was crying. Loud. I couldn't hold it together. Um, and I mean, it would have been funny in any scenario, but in that setting, you know, it yeah, was so. Yeah. It was so funny. Well, I, you know, the good news. Part of the good <clears throat> research has shown. Uh, I I just um, saw this because your mama looked it up for me, but it says that watching a humorous video for 20 minutes can significantly lower stress levels, watch this, on a level comparable to 20 minutes of exercise. Well, that's great news. I know. Hooray. Those of you who don't want to exercise, <laughs> laugh for 20 minutes, get the same deal. Yeah, you'll have to find something really funny. That makes sense. I was, I was This was just yesterday. I was driving the kids to school, which is... It's not like it's the most stressful thing in the world. There are more stressful situations. That said, it's fairly stressful <laughs> because you're trying to get an eight-year-old and a three-year-old ready for school to both be on time and book, books packed and lunch done. You know, Lena's books are, she's three. They're slightly less complicated, <laughs> um, but but you still have to have all the stuff together. And so, but, uh, you know, we did it and we were in the car, uh, but the stress levels are high. And Lena is going through this stage. It's, I don't even know if you can call it a stage because it's been going on for six months now. But she's really fascinated with buffaloes. She's just really, she's always talking about like, so is there any way to have a buffalo who would stay nice even if you petted it? Because I was trying to tell her, you know, if you pet a buffalo, they'll usually turn kind of mean. And she's like, oh. so. But she's really into buffaloes. And I remembered this YouTube video that I had seen a long time, I mean, 10 years ago, called Guy on a Buffalo. And some guy uh, had written a country folk tune uh that is like ding ding ding, ding uh, over a an old movie that had clearly been made in the 60s 70s um of a guy a guy on the range on the prairie who rode a buffalo around and, it's, and the whole thing is just this guy on a buffalo and and uh 
<clears throat> he's making up lyrics as he goes along. Each video, there's only four of them. Each one of them is two minutes long. I encourage you to look this up, by the way. <laughs> um, and and he's narrating this as he goes along. And it's the fir- the one where he's talking about how he found a buffalo and raised it. And then he's like, he's like, hey, buffalo, I'm going to use you instead of a horse. And then he's like, he's like, he's like well, I'm going to try to throw a saddle. That's hard. And then he gets on it and he's riding around. And it's really funny because the, the actor, you can see, is just bouncing around with the buffalo. And he's like, oh, man, well, this is unstable. But I'm trying to prove a point. And I... There was something about I was laughing so hard because I hadn't heard it in so long that I was crying. I, and, and it was, uh, it was. I feel like in response to just the stressful, stressful morning. I, but I felt great. I felt great for the next two hours. Uh, so great that I skipped my my morning twelve uh, mile run. Oh, yeah. There you go. I just was like, you know, I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna just have an ice cream sandwich and just uh, skip the run altogether because I feel fantastic. And now I have research to support that choice, <laughs> which right. which I'm really glad about. The guy on a buffalo series, uh, which I then watched again later, still really funny, but nothing nothing matched the magic of that first stressful moment. Because because of that, because of evolution, really, that's the whole, that's the whole point of it. Um, we have to go to a break now. So right. uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about humor and, uh, Stick around because it's really going to be fun. Oh. You're really going to be glad you, you listened. Top 10 funniest Woo-hoo! show on humor, uh, this year, probably. <laughs> Welcome back to the bright side here on our special humor episode. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Knee slapper. <laughs> uh, this is News Radio 1025 WFLA, and today we are talking about uh, humor and uh, how it's used to uh, cope with tragedy. Because what's funnier than that, really? <laughs> Overall. <laughs> well, it's, there, there really is practical uses of humor. There's a reason why you ought to hang around people who make you laugh. Or you ought to look for stuff that makes you laugh. And and the last segment we talked about, because it has good physical effects, it's, it, it, it could be equated to exercise, mm-hmm. which means it could be substituted for exercise, which both of us really like. Um, but there's also this, this dynamic, Joel, of it gives you a perspective. It puts things in perspective. Um, the Greek word for laughter or um, um it's literally ecstasy, uh, ecstasis, means to stand outside yourself. Ek means outside, stasis is to stand. Huh. And so uh, laughter is a way of forgetting uh, yourself or, or um, uh, of, of exiting yourself and your, and, and your particular situation and transcending it. Uh, and this article said it, laughter has a lot to do uh, or has a lot in common with spirituality, huh. because that's what spirituality does. It kind of lifts you above this earthly, these earthly limitations, and and lets you see things from a different perspective, um, and and relieves the stress. Um, you know, part of what depression does is it makes it traps you within the thought, thinking it's always going to be this bad. Laughter does just the opposite. You know, this this is passing. Hmm. Uh, it's not as bad as you think. Um, so there's and, a certain amount of like just <clears throat> conscious awareness of self that has to be there just to step outside the situation and see it, you know, to, to exactly. look at it from, and that, I mean, you never see dogs laugh really hardly ever. I uh, know they're trapped within there. Yeah. They're just, they're caught in the moment. <laughs> Why worry dogs? You, by worrying, you cannot add a cubit to your height. <laughs> That's right. The original excerpts there of the, uh, I always thought they were the butides, but, uh. 
And no matter how many times mom was like, no, Beatitudes. I was, oh. like, I was like, Beatitudes. <laughs> and then uh, next time I came to it, I was like, is this uh, in the Butides? In Butides, and, that's uh, right. Took me a long. Do you remember when, I think it was somebody that talked to mom later. It was after one of your sermons because you would often, in your, in your exegesis of scripture, you would often be like, uh, now in the Greek, this is poneros, you know, poneros, de narrow. Uh, oh, and good, then you remembered. Oh, thanks. Uh, I was there for that one, and uh, it was a good one. It's because you talked about eyes a lot, actually, on that one. Um, uh-huh. Eyes, light of the body. But the uh, but a woman came up to mom after your sermon was like, "Why does he always just say the same thing in Greek? Why does he choose Greek? You know, is it is it just a show? He knows, like." You know, maybe we want to hear it in Spanish or something. And didn't know that it was like you were talking about it as it was originally written. Just thought you were just being just a show off. Just, you'd be like, you'd be like, now in Russian, this is nyak. I should have, I should have pointed out uh, for people who are not biblically literate that that's the original language of the New Testament. Uh, but I, I didn't. Well, and you, so you probably she probably has tuned out during that. Yeah, part. you know, I said there are people who just get frustrated very easily. And let me and and here's another thing that we need to bring out. It says it, it in some of the research we did uh, why it's so valuable. It not only gives you another perspective, but it really helps you succeed in life because this will be no secret. People like to have people who have a sense of humor around, and so therefore. If so, if people um, like you at work, you're going to do better, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you help people laugh and help people enjoy their life, they're going to like you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really a practical way to succeed in your work, rather than just working harder or you know coming up with bright ideas and calling other people dumb. Um, it just it's a it's a success factor. The number of people I watched over the years, because uh, going through pre medical school stuff in college, and then medical school, and then residency, the number of people I I watched uh, work their tail off. They had a work ethic non unparalleled. It was amazing, and they and they. Uh, just tried to get every bit of their potential squeezed out of them in the most humorless, yeah. dour, angry way. And and it did not go well. I mean, yeah. the, the guy who was at the very top of our class at the end of first year of med school, um, I still remember his name, but this is on the radio, so I won't say it. Um, we'll call him Mike Michael. Uh, that's just, that seems like a generic name, right? Yeah, um, it is. I was trying to think of, an, of a, a name that had not funny in it, but that's, that was pretty much not funny. Um, so he, he, uh, he was at the very top of the class, but he was so, he was so humorless and isolated. Um, in, in anatomy, you have these cadavers and you go up to each person in the anatomy room and you say, Hey, will you show me on yours? Because all of them are used for the test. And so you want to learn, you know, what, where the nerves are and stuff mm-hmm. on different ones. Um, and People learn not to go over to him because he would be like, no, you can learn that for yourself. And he would go oh, back and wow. do his thing. Um, he dropped out after the end of first year. He just had, he stressed Is out. Is that so, right? He stressed out so badly that he, that he couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't keep up with it. And then, <clears throat> and then I think it, it makes people really mad in those situations to watch the people that are somehow laughing and having a good time at the same yeah. time, you know, um, uh, do that. But there's, there's just a certain amount of, of, uh, there's like key factors in who does really well. Yeah. Uh, one of them is being attractive. Uh, that that does make a difference. It's been shown uh, in these big studies of who becomes CEO and who doesn't. Uh, 
and then one another one is humor. And Norm Macdonald, who I think is is maybe the funniest man alive, <laughs> he has this thing that he talks about where he's like, you know, he's like, I grow, you know, growing up, everybody just talked about how you know girls like a guy with a sense of humor, you know. So I was like, that's great, you know, I'll develop my sense of humor. He's like, but that didn't change anything. I looked around, girls are still dating the same guy, uh, you know, guy handsome, muscly, you know, all the stuff I don't have. And but then the guy would say something that wasn't funny at all, and the girls would laugh really hard. He's like, "That's when I realized <laughs> girls don't don't like a guy because he's funny. That's they right. like him because he's attractive, and that makes them think he's funny." And I was like, "That's actually amazingly that is true. A solid point. That yeah. is true." At Norm Macdonald. Well, the the one of the things that that I that I do very intentionally is I look I look for stuff that <clears throat> because you know both of us live. Pretty high stress life, you know. You know, we 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 deal a lot with people, specifically people who have problems, mm-hmm. uh, and so you need some sort of re- relief. And your mom and I laugh all the time. I mean, Becky's my very best friend, and and uh, but both of us need to need to laugh uh, because that's what gets us through uh, what we have to go. You through. guys really do, and and for anyone listening, because I know that like when you hear that, because I've heard other people say similar things, and I'm like, all right, okay, but. I I've never been around two people that laugh more and laugh harder than my parents do. I like being around them for many reasons, but one of them is I feel like the funniest man in the universe when I'm because I'll walk in and be like, "Hey guys, rainy out there, huh?" And they'll be like, ah! "And it is not, it's not we fake, laugh. it's genuine." I it's, know it's really, it's really, really impressive. We laugh very easily. Um, you know. It, Victor Frankl, who was the most one of the most famous <sighs> psychologists in in the history of the 20th century, um, who also um, made it through a Nazi concentration camp. He was a Jewish uh, psychologist uh, or psychiatrist, uh, and this is what he said: "I never would have made it if I could not have laughed. It lifted me momentarily out of this horrible situation just enough to make it livable." Wow. And so even in a concentration camp, a Nazi concentration camp, this guy found something to laugh at. Mm. And and so I'm I'm always looking for stuff that makes me laugh and and uh and I came across um this week uh several headlines. These are for real headlines um that that um that were written in actual papers. There's just three of them, but it really it really made me laugh. It's uh, this is this is from the Harold Palladium in St. Joseph, Michigan. City unsure why the sewer smells. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's that was the headline. City unsure why the sewer smells. Now, and the second one is this. Uh, this is even funnier to me because I deal a lot with justice issues and and with people in in prison and and so on and so forth. This is from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal in Texas. This is the headline. Case of innocent man freed after spending 18 years in prison proves the Texas system works. (laughs) (laughs) After spending 18, that proves it works. It's amazing. Amazing. Somebody wrote that totally ironic, and he was like, "Yep, this really gets my point across." Um, I'm gonna. We're gonna have to do your last one after because Tom is waving his hands. Okay, waving wildly. Yes, yes, yes. he's, He's not even laughing about it. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Bright Side here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Today's topic, 
<laughs> is uh, is humor. Uh, you know, that's another study. Artificial laughter, mm-hmm. it's, it is said, has the same effect on the body as real laughter. If, huh. you, if you can make yourself laugh, even when, you know, just make yourself laugh, it has the same beneficial effects gonna, that real laughter I'm does. I'm going to test this on your next headline. <laughs> <laughs> and see. I know. I thought these headlines would be so funny, and they just, they're just like a lead balloon. <laughs> no, no, Holy cow. But I'm going to try to, I'm an artificial, what, what is the last okay, headline? We can't get a teaser like here that. Here it is, from the Arkansas Daily Citizen. <laughs> One-armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. <laughs> you know what? It's made me, it's made me appreciate. Thank you, Tom. Thank it's, you. It's Thanks made me support. appreciate the, uh, the bravery and the deafness with which late night talk show host handle that it's really, i know because it's really it really is funny but i did i would not have guessed that artificial laughter does the same thing that it's, it's true yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's one of the the uh the articles that i read this one from the harvard business review so it comes no um, no yes. rag with more chuckles in it than the Harvard Business Review, <laughs> known comedy writers at the Harvard <laughs> Business Review, with them weighing in. What did they? What did they say? They wrote a. They wrote an article on humor. They did. Leading with humor is the name of the article uh, by Allison Beard, um, and and it basically said that um, um, working adults are quote in the midst of a laughter drought. Babies laugh on the average. 400 times a day. Wait. Seriously. 400? Babies, that's what it says. That's a, that's a this maniacal is baby. Have to know. This is Harvard business. Wait, baby. They would count. <laughs> they're only, they count laughter. They're only awake like two hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that must be the whole time yeah, laughing. The whole time. But the moment they're together, just like, that's scary. <laughs> well, I know. It's good to know that maybe, they, maybe they're more like kind of silent laughter, kind I, of like the, <laughs> I know. maybe more sensible chuckles. <laughs> but it says people over 35... <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Only laugh 15 times a day. Now, so, now I would believe that, 15 know, times a day. I think the point is that kids laugh a lot more often than adults do, which is easy. Uh, and, and it says we laugh a lot more on the weekends than we do the weekdays. Hmm. So That's interesting. Yeah. You know why I believe the 15 number? Because it feels like when you said that, I just immediately was like, that's a sensible number of laughs. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's right. reasonable. That makes sense. That, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's good. I guess I feel like where – I feel like at Hunter Vision – it's a pretty, it's a pretty consistent thing. I mean, mo- mo- people are laughing most of the time there. Yeah. Like it's, it's. Uh, um, I think it's. I think everybody really likes working together and stuff as well, um, which which helps a lot. But I remember. I mean, I, I the whew, the clinics I worked in that were just so brutal. You would just count the minutes to wait for it to go by because it was just. Uh, it was the most. Everything's so serious all the time. It's yeah. it's weird. You almost get dependent on this sort of mental psychological release valve, uh, and it's just uh, uh, it's just really really uh, tough. I there was this one uh, fellow. He was excuse me as I swallow a bunch. I'm trying really hard. I feel like I'm at this like clicking noise with my mouth. I can't tell if the mic's picking it up or not. You know, there's um, an African tribe that talks with the click. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I know you get a lot it's, of a lot of furrowed brows when you imitate that one, though. I know, was, yeah, but better not do that. Yeah, I've uh, been there. <laughs> I uh, this is true. Earlier, I was trying to cough and I tried to hit the mute button, but I hit the talkback button, which just goes straight into Tom's ears. And so I coughed, and then I saw him jump out of his chair. I was like, "Oh, oops. Felt, sorry, Tom." Really but anyway, there was this one guy. He was a fellow. 
And a fellow is somebody who's gone through their residency and they're specializing. He was the, he was a fellow in cornea. And uh, we found out, I mean, and he was, he was uh, not elderly, but for a fellow, much older than average. He was around 56 years old. Uh, and we learned later that it was like his 20th fellowship. He was just kind of perpetually in fellowship. Oh, wow. And he was the most simultaneously non-funny but hilarious person that I've ever, that I've ever met. But I, I would spend these hours in his clinic. I wasn't allowed to laugh in his clinic uh, I mean, because he didn't like that. Um, but but it was really really hard because he was the he was one of the most socially unaware people I've ever met in my life. We had this one guy who came in, um, and his name was like Jake Muhammad or Jake Sulfi or I mean something Sulfi. Is that I just tried to make up an Arabian sounding name? Yeah. Uh, but but it was something. And he and he was like tan like he was it wasn't even like he was like wow that's a, this man's dark skin he was just tan no trace of an accent at all dressed in entirely american clothes and just not somebody i wouldn't even have thought anything about it except for the interaction that this fellow had with him because the guy he's like so have you been having um blurry vision uh and he this i this will sound like i'm making this up i swear <laughs> every word of this is true and the guy was like uh, yeah, you know, like at night when I get home from work, I'll be kind of clear during the day, but you know, I'm watching TV and it just kind of gets a little blurry. And then the fellow goes, ah, I see. So when you are watching the Al Jazeera oh, God. and the guy goes, oh, my God. no, uh, like sports center. And he's like, he's like, oh, I see. Okay. And so he writes that down. And then he said, um, I, I, there was eight other offensive things oh in it. But, but then when it, at the end of it, again, this is absolutely true. Uh, and tr it was really hard. Well, it wasn't hard not to laugh because I was just cringing so badly, but later <laughs> it became really funny. The guy was like, uh, so are you just saying that I should just try to read, like hold stuff farther away? Or do I, am I at the point where I need reading glasses? He's like, he's like, reading glasses will help you, you know, if you're going to be reading something for small print uh, for a, a, a long time, like, when you're holding the Quran, uh, and, oh, wow. the, and the guy again, and he, <laughs> and the thing was, this fellow prided himself on his ability to connect with people, and oh, it was, gosh. it was really oh, so humorous. Gosh. It's not really for everyone. Yeah, it's uh, some, it's a, it's a hazardous to your health thing. You, uh, you had all these, uh, you had all these quotes about. It. I thought there was one that Carol, Carol Burnett. I feel like that that fellow really disproved this one. One of those ones that you that uh, that mom, uh, mom looked up. Carol Burnett. Who now? Who's she? She was. She oh was your gosh, generation, sure. right? <laughs> I, I, I don't really know you who she really is. You really are young. Yeah. Yeah. She was the, an, an icon in. She around the same time as like Helen Keller? <laughs> is that the same? No. no? I have them the no. same era in my no, head. No, 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 no. Like uh, Theodore Roosevelt. She, no, she had she had this great comedy show, Carol Burnett show. Oh, I With Tim now, Conway now I feel and Harvey, yeah, somebody or other. And it was, it really Harvey, was hilarious. Can I tell maybe? Uh, <laughs> Harvey Corman. 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 Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Harvey Corman. And, and, uh, yeah, not it was, Weinstein. It was not Weinstein. He wasn't on there. No. He tried to show up there. Like, Get out of here! <laughs> Don't like the look in this guy's eyes. Creeps eyes. <laughs> so what? Uh, so she had a show. Okay, so she was. She's a funny person, right? She That's is, her thing, yeah, right? She is. Yeah, she, she was. She kind of looked like a goose. I'm trying to picture her in my head. She a little just, goose. She looks a little like a goose. Okay, yeah. but she was. Did she was? Was she the one who had the show where there was like the woman who? 
because I never understood this one. It was a, a woman who on the show. It was, it was Mama, and she like wore a white wig. And yeah. Oh yeah, that was a show. Yeah. Yeah. And I they had, would have these skits that confused where they me couldn't as a get child. through the skits because they'd break up laughing. No, really. And they just couldn't. You know, they they never could get through the skits because the skits were so funny, <laughs> and uh, and and they would just break up. Those laughing. are always the best ones. Yo, where people break. That, yeah, that's my favorite absolutely. on SNL when they do that too. Absolutely. So yeah, the, the Carol Burnett quote. It was everybody. Oh, okay. I see now. Everybody I know who is funny, it's in them. You can teach timing, or some people are able to tell a joke, though I don't like to tell jokes. But I think you have to be born with a sense of humor and a sense of timing. Carol Burnett. You know what? I do agree with that, because this man didn't have that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. But and apparently, no. I didn't have the same one as her, because I, I watched that show where the, she dressed like an old lady, but it was literally like a young person in a white wig, yeah, in a know. judge's wig, I and know. I was just like, she was kind of the original Tyler Perry. <laughs> she did a lot of the Medea for, for, the, for the white audience. Really, really made it good. Uh, and that's as good a note as any to end this segment on. We'll be back in a minute to talk more about breaking news like Carol Burnett. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back to The Bright Side on News Radio 1025. Today we are talking about tragedy. <laughs> no, we're not. And, well, how to deal with tragedy. How to with, deal with tragedy. With, with yes. humor. Step one, laughter. Yes. Find a funny person and bring them in. Demonstrated famously in the movie Patch Adams. Where he, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, people were sad and sick, and then he put on a clown nose, and then they were only sick, and they felt a lot better. But you, you know, know what? He, they mentioned they talked, uh, they they talked about actual legit studies about you know what what humor does for uh, blood pressure and all that stuff. I'm, I kind of got scooped on that one though because of the thing you said about exercise earlier. But yeah, it does. It replaces it. It has uh, the same physiologic effect that something that's really good for you, like exercise, does. Uh, Madeline yeah. Delingle said, "A good laugh heals a lot of hurts," and mm. that's true physically as well as uh, m- uh, m- mentally, yeah, and emotionally. Uh, There's another quote I can't remember. Oh, I think it was from uh, the movie Captain Underpants, actually. <laughs> and now that I think about it, man. I, I, I missed that one. Boy, do I feel like the less educated of the two of us. You're like, Madam more. has this quote, and I'm like, you know, interesting point on Captain Underpants. Uh, <laughs> but he said, they said laughter is the best medicine. And he said, uh, no, laughter is... Not the best medicine. Medicine is the best medicine. And I was like, that's also a solid point. And that was the villain, but it really was. You can't take it away from him because uh, there's times where you just need amoxicillin. Um, you had, what, what, I, can't, I don't even want to say the name of the guy. The, the villain's name was, uh, was, was even worse than, uh, oh, his name was uh, Von Poopy Pants. That was the villain's name in the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this is, I'm watching it with Luke. And I was like, you probably shouldn't now say this at school. Well, whatever. <laughs> this one's a lost cause because it's too hilarious when you're eight and you see uh, Von Poopy Pants as the villain in the movie. It's, yeah. it's, that'll change you for life. He didn't have to grow up with Big Mama's House or whatever show I was watching as a kid. A confusing show. You know, another another great thing that, that laughter does, I mean, we're talking about how it gives you the buoyance um, and the resilience and the perseverance that you needed to make it through tough times. But also, if there's somebody in the group who has a great sense of humor it can get you out of the stickiest situations yeah. uh, and can be a part of uh, St. Francis de Sales said, laughter is the foundation of reconciliation. I remember being in uh, several meetings 
with my good buddy Vernon Rainwater. And, oh, yeah. And Vernon's just got this great sense of humor. So's his son-in-law, Chad. And they just are really um, delightful people. And we would get in these meetings where it it somebody said something, and it was a little bit hurtful and pretty awkward and all that kind of stuff. And, and Vernon had this gift uh, where he would just say something that was hilarious enough not to— you know, turn everybody, but but just kind of, just kind of insert this little um, um, quip that made everybody laugh. The tension in that room immediately was reduced to zero, and everybody could just see this is ridiculous that we would be mad or upset. It's over a amazing like what that. it does. It does, well, and it takes that whole thing. It's that Greek ecstasis takes you out of the situation yeah. thing. Um, and I'm I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is for the next time it's, there's a tense moment in a meeting, I'm gonna have some of these uh, news article headlines. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, wait, wait guys. I, I swear it was really funny in my head. <laughs> guys, I want you to I want you to hear this one. <laughs> now this is a real one. <laughs> I promise all of these are real and found in news articles. <laughs> You're gonna laugh your head off. <laughs> all right, so back to why you shouldn't have a severance package. <laughs> <laughs> but really, they didn't know why the why the poop stank in their sewage. <laughs> you know, what really, what I thought was great was mom. Mom is she really does good with she's she's a research she's a researcher. You know, yes, she, she that's her that's her gift. Uh, and so she sent us so many quotes, and I'm trying to find the one. Oh yeah, this was my favorite. And we should consider every day lost in which we have not danced at least once. <laughs> And we should call every truth false, which was not accompanied by at least one laugh. Friedrich Nietzsche. <laughs> Famous nihilist and chuckleist Friedrich Nietzsche. The most depressing guy in the world. Knock, knock, who's there? Not God, for he is dead. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> just, the guy was an atheist who died of syphilis. It was, really, it was really something. Oh, I, it was really funny because I was reading through all these and like, that, like yeah, he's, he's sandwiched by a Jewish proverb and Ark Linkletter. And so I was like, huh, Friedrich. But it's really everybody, uh, a certain amount of confidence for everybody to weigh in on, uh, on, what the importance of, uh, on what the importance of laughter is. I feel like Viktor Frankl was had a better leg to stand on with that one. <laughs> yeah, um, that's for sure. Did you have any of the other, Did you have any others of those that I, you like? I, I like this one. You grow up. This is by Ethel Barrymore. You grow up. Do you know who that is? It. Yeah, it's. I think it was Lionel Barrymore's wife. Um, but she was she was a Hollywood actress. But she said, "You grow up the day you have your first real laugh at yourself." Oh, Isn't that's that a, a good one. That's a really good one. That is a good one because it is it is someone's inability to laugh at themselves makes it really, really, really tough. Yeah. Um, I remember this is gonna turn into the John Branch show. Uh, but part of why he is so ridiculously successful um in his in his career is from the beginning, he had the ability to do that in a way that nobody else did. When you are going into med school as a, as your it's your first year, the amount of incompetence and self-doubt you feel is mm. is enormous, and everyone feels like they are the dumbest person in the world. And, and these are all people who did pretty well in college. And so no one, the ability to laugh at yourself didn't exist. It's what drew me to him day one. Yeah. I remember they had us examine, for reasons I'll never comprehend, <laughs> they had us examine like they were dummy patients, but they were like live people. They they would say, they would go to the nursing school and be like, hey, we go be 
patients for the doc- for the non doctors that are coming in. And so, like, we had real people we had to talk. To. We're just we just graduated college. We didn't know anything. We're just like good at writing papers. And they're like, you have to do these exams on them. And so everyone, I mean, you look around, everyone's poor and sweat and Aww. just red faced and stuff because you're walking up. You just learned of how the stethoscope works and which side to listen through. And and so I was in John's group, and he walked up, and and of course we get. The person we have for our patient is this attractive nursing oh, no. student, and and John walks up and is, and she's laying back, and he has to listen to her chest with a stethoscope, <laughs> and and I'm just sitting there being like, this is the greatest moment of my life, watching this, and he walks up, and you know how doctors carry their stethoscope, kind of like they wear it like a tie, where they'll put the earpieces uh-huh. around their neck, and then uh-huh. thing. So he, that's how we were doing it because that's what we'd seen on TV shows. That's where we were at. Sure. That's that's all our education had consisted of at that point. And there were yeah. Anyway, so. John walks up to this to this nursing student and he, he puts his stethoscope on and he sits there and he's like l- listening thoughtfully and then he realizes that the earpieces are still down on his neck and, and then he goes oh, I'm going to put these up on my ears now and uh, but it was the ability and he, and he thought it was funny in the moment it was great um, you know what when it, 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 I, that was uh, that was a really good hour that went by so quick it's all done we're out of time I know, at this point that's what I'm saying about laughter um, so anyway in conclusion as famous humorist Friedrich Nietzsche tells us <laughs> Laughter can get you through some tough stuff. And uh, we will see you next time on the bright side. Thanks for being here with us.